Hey, sports fans, welcome to the Greg Medford Show. I'm Greg, your host here in Phoenix, Arizona. How are you? We've covered a lot of stuff this uh, primary season. We've had a lot of folks in. We've also had some business leaders in, interesting people about town. Today is one of those uh, moments, our guests, we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about a bunch of things. And uh, I think what we're going to plug into is some strange things that are going on in the world. I'm a little freaked out by quiet moves being made by the government behind the scenes that aren't popular and the news doesn't understand because there are a bunch of goddamn liberal arts majors that don't understand economics and science for the most part. And then in the Dukes understand they, they don't want to talk about. It. So we've got in the last hundred years, this decoupling currency from value and the only thing that's left is the good faith and credit of the American people. And then you have this modern monetary policy, which allows this runaway spending with no accountability because it's not connected to anything. And you have our adversaries around the globe position in counterbalance to us. And they don't always have great intentions. I mean, a lot of times they have bad intentions and they don't act for the greater good, even though they say they do. Because they're not accountable, because absolute power corrupts absolutely. We know it's a ancient wisdom. So their attack on us probably won't be military because they, they can't win. But the, the battle they could win, we're playing into. And I see the decoupling of our currency from value. I see uh, the runaway spending of monetary policy the lack of accountability in government, accountability being the cornerstone of our failing democracy, republic. I see all of those things playing into some move being made into a digital currency to where they can control us more. Cash is our freedom. And um, I think that um, when we look at our adversaries and we see war games that have been played here in the United States, one of the ways they can bring us to our knees is by... Uh, shifting the world away from the dollar and it's being attempted in all all over the world primarily by china and russia so we're going to talk a little bit about that i think our next guest is going to be able to address a bunch of those um jim clark he's the ceo of republic monetary exchange jim welcome to the show thanks for being here today well thanks for having me it's a pleasure to be here and going through the factory here just a little bit was fascinating so uh this whole morning has been amazing awesome um Tell me a little bit about your company and, and how it got started. And, you know, you've been doing this a long time. Yeah, I've been in the gold and silver business since uh, 1973. So I'm coming up on 50 years. I bought my first gold in 1972 as a senior in high school. So do the math. That puts me at 68 years old. And I bought gold when it was $45 an ounce. Ooh. And it was $20 gold pieces that I purchased. Now, the person who sold those to me was my uh, then high school sweetheart's father who was already in the business, and then he brought me in the business a year and a half later. But the bottom line was that I couldn't understand paying $45 for a coin that had a $20 face value to it. But I read a very interesting book that he recommended called How to Profit from the Coming Devaluation, written by Harry Brown, who was uh, in the day was quite learned and very well respected in the, in the uh, well, writing books, but as authors, but also as uh, an expert 
in the field of inflation and money and economics and so forth. So I read that book and it all made sense because what we were seeing was an increase in the paper money supply, which meant that that was the, that's the essence of inflation. Right. Look it up in any dictionary or anywhere online. What is inflation? It's an increase in the paper money supply. And consequently, you have higher prices of all goods and services that are available in the market. Print more money, devalue its worth. Well, that was it. And there was a time up until 1933 where the currency, the paper money, if you will, was redeemable in gold on demand. And the federal government under Roosevelt at the time reneged on that promise. He decided that he would confiscate all the gold that was held by American citizens, make it illegal to own. And you would turn it in and you would get $20 an ounce for your gold. So that lasted several months and it started trickling off where they had pretty much gotten all the gold they're going to get. Did everybody turn their gold in? No. Will they turn it in if it gets illegal again? Probably not. Many will, but probably most won't. So as soon as they got all the gold, they raised the price to $35 an ounce. So that shows even back then the shenanigans that governments create that right. they they raised the price after they got the gold, not before. Right. But what they, uh, making it illegal for Americans to own gold, and fast forward until 1971, foreigners now, could... Now, how long was it illegal to own gold for? Just a short period of time? No, no, no. From 1933 till 1974, and I'll get into that in a little bit. It was bit. illegal to own gold. For Americans to own gold, except... You could own jewelry. gold coins, well, jewelry, like, or if you had dental gold. But you couldn't have bars of gold. That was the whole thing, or okay. nuggets. Anything that didn't have a utilitarian purpose they didn't. Want, they didn't want you stockpiling wealth outside of the system. Of course not. Because that's what it is. That's what governments are right. anyway, let's right. face it. And that, that hasn't changed since the beginning of time, when gold has been around as a medium of exchange or money for at least 6,000 years that we know of, perhaps longer. Right. So Roosevelt outlawed gold. People turned in their gold, except you didn't have to do that with the American gold coins, the $20 gold pieces dated 1933 and before. Because it was legal tender. You it was legal. It was money. And what, what Roosevelt did, he, he pulled a fast one on us. He used the uh, 1917 Trading with the Enemy Act as the reason why gold had to be brought in because uh, we didn't know what the orientation of the gold where it came from it was from an enemy country and we didn't want to aid and abet the enemy country kind of like cuban cigars which i enjoy immensely uh they outlawed cuban cigars to come into the united states because it would aid and abet communist cuba so it was the same theory using the 1917 law trading with the enemy and by by using that it snookered the people into turning into their gold. But I know a lot of people... Oh, so that it pulled on their patriotic heartstrings a little yeah, bit. Yeah, they okay. said, turn in, yeah, turn in your gold. And I know my grandfather had a bunch of but gold it, coins. But it was really just a gold grab. And they knew they were going to up the price on it as soon as they got it. They knew they were. But be, see, even then, they weren't uh, wanting to convert your paper dollars, your Federal Reserve notes, for gold. So if you had a $20 bill, it said right on it, this note is redeemable in gold on demand at any Federal Reserve Bank, period. So you could take that $20 bill or $10 bill and get a $10 gold piece or a $20 gold piece, 
But they wanted to stop that because they, they were actually going after our financial freedom as early as 1933. They've been going after all the rest of them ever since then, but that one in particular, they didn't want people to have that freedom of having their wealth outside of their system. So fast forward to 1971. And the government doesn't want its power and authority through the dollar to be limited by actual value. They want to be able to do whatever they're, they don't, they didn't want it connected to reality. That's the flip side of the coin, so to speak, right? Well, it, the government wants to curtail our freedom by taking away this cash, coin, gold freedom, because it really is independence. And they also don't want their dollars that they spend as the government actually connected to anything, because then they have to remain reasonable. Well, that's where Nixon came in in 1971, where foreigners were exchanging their Federal Reserve notes, their dollar bills, for gold because foreigners could own gold, but U.S. citizens couldn't. Now, right. We see that today, that that foreigners can do things that Americans can't. Look look across the board, you know what I'm talking about. So uh, Nixon temporarily closed the gold window, the window that foreigners couldn't exchange their gold on demand, and we were stuck. That was August 13th of 1971. On that day, we officially became what's known as a fiat currency. So off the gold standard, unconnected. There was no standard. It's, it's, it's money because the federal government says it's money. And it's not even U.S. money. It's issued by a private corporation known as the Federal Reserve System that is no more federal than Federal Express. Now, the Federal Reserve System came into being in 1913, ironically the same year that we got IRS. the income tax. Yeah. yeah. So they did that, and they did it during a period where uh, Congress wasn't even in session. So there's an argument that the uh, the IRS is actually an illegal ag agency, yeah. which some people have different theories on it, but just the fact that Congress wasn't in session and they passed the uh, federal income tax, it could be completely, I, I think it probably is, but you know they don't follow their own laws. It's laws for them and laws to, for the rest of us. Yeah. So that was a, we became a fiat money in August of 71. And Nixon said, we're going to temporarily close the gold window. That was 52 years ago. Right. That window is still closed. Right. A, a fiat money has never lasted more than 50 years in the history of the world. We're in year 52 now. So at some point, as all currencies do, they go by the wayside. And what we know uh, of the U.S. dollar, at some point it will be repudiated. And you say, well, that's really stretching it. That's out there. No, it's not out there. We've already lost 97% of the purchasing power of the U.S. dollar. Hence, we have uh, gold 1700 and either side of $1,700 an ounce has been over $2,000 an ounce compared to $20 an ounce back in 1933. There's the purchasing power of the dollar that has gone down to 3%. Well, this last 3% is going to be a tough one because at some point it just goes away completely. Anybody stuck with Federal Reserve notes uh, or dollars as we know or money in the bank, at some point that becomes worthless. As we've seen thousands of times throughout history, right now we see it in Venezuela. Argentina has inflation at 75% uh, or 100%, I forget what the number is, 
because they keep printing up money like there's no tomorrow. And like we're doing the same thing. Here. We're doing the same thing. And you got people like Mitch McConnell, the uh, Senate minority leader, who is could have used the uh, debt ceiling as a reason not to approve all these trillion-dollar spending programs. But we all know he's a coward and he's a rhino, and everything that Trump says about him is exactly right. He let the Democrats just walk all over him, and now we're facing the consequences. We're headed for a $31 trillion national debt. So um, let me just throw some questions at you and interject a little bit. Do you think they're... Do you, do you think they know that they're unspooling the currency and then at some point they're going to say, okay, well, this is all kaput and the only way you're going to get any of the money you have in the bank or your paycheck is to slip over to our digital currency and then they really have us by the balls. What do you, what do you think? Are they, are they, I don't think they're that smart, but I mean, is that is that the plan? Well, they're, Actually, they're very smart. They're very intelligent and they know exactly what they're doing. This doesn't happen by accident. Who's they? It's not the politicians, well, right? It's, it's the conspirators. It's the deep state. It's all of those invisible people, those unelect, unelected bureaucrats who are making policy and uh, same uh, puppet masters that are controlling Biden and all the rest of the uh, politicians who are probably many of them are blackmailed and are, or they got their job in Congress or the Senate because the deep state put them there. So they're beholden to the people who I believe are trying to destroy our country. And all that Trump has said about that, I think it's gone over a lot of people's heads. But I also think that people are waking up and saying, okay, we get it now. That there are people who, who hate America, who want to destroy our economy, who want to destroy the dollar, who want to enslave us, as every communist country throughout the world has done and socialist countries, however you want to put it. But government tends to want to encroach on our freedoms on an ongoing basis everywhere in the world, and we're feeling it with a lot of pain in the United States today. Um, so you've been in the gold business a long time. Have you basically, is this a, is this a, obviously it's a niche in the marketplace that, you know, you, you make your living at. But what is it personally? Is it a hedge against the failure of the state? Is it a hedge against the currency? Is it a way to diversify? How do you think about it? Well, yes, all, yes to all of the above and even more. That people want financial freedom, that they want to be able to hold their wealth in their hand. They don't want to be subject to the honesty and integrity of financial institutions, whether that be stock brokerage firms, whether that be banks whether that be anybody that is holding your money. They say, you know what, I think I'd like to bring my money home. And since the dollar is failing and the, the, the government is just out of control with spending and increasing the paper money supply and taxes, uh, introducing all these green, green New Deals and the Paris Climate Accord and, and you name it, they just can't spend the money fast enough. That is a Marxist philosophy. That's part of the 10 plank, one of the 10 planks of the Communist Manifesto to increase the money supply and spend as wastefully as possible to make the citizens of that country beholden to, to that government and to enslave them. Let's talk for a little bit about the practicality of it all. Let's say somebody's listening to this and they've just had that tickle in their spine about Man, this trillions in spending, we're never going to be able to pay this off. The interest is going to outpace the revenue into the uh, into the federal coffers from taxes. 
I'm spooked by this whole thing. How does somebody connect their life to gold a little bit? Because I'm not connected at all, and I've been really thinking about it. And I'm not, not because of the gold signs flipping on the corners, not because of commercials. You know, if, if, if someone were to say to me, hey, boss, I take all my cash and I put it in a safe at the house. I say, well, you got two problems. One is your cash is worth less and less. So it, you're not doing yourself any good. While it's still worth something, buy something that'll be that's outside of the connection to the dollar. Real estate is my favorite thing. I like real estate. Um, is gold like a mobile in your pocket kind of real estate? Well, yeah, and as actually you can pick up the dirt and walk away with it. You know, and I'm talking about real estate. Gold, you can take a hand handful of. You could have you could have a couple hundred thousand dollars worth of gold in one hand. And you could transport it very easily. You can't do that with real estate. And they, it stays and, there. And the cash is the freedom of humanity. It's the freedom of America. The ability with a roll of 20s or a roll of 100s in a foreign country to execute is why we put pallets of cash over there when we're at war. Um, and here in the United States, the ability to pay for goods and services with cash, it's our freedom. It is. But So using the analogy you just said about putting, say, $100,000 and you're safe at home today. Yeah. Using just the Phoenix numbers, the inflation came out at 13% last week. I think it's higher than that. You look around and see, what, is it, what does a bag of groceries cost you? What does it cost to go out to dinner? I think it's more than 13%. It's crazy, it's doubled. Sure it's it doubled. Is. I saw so like, I, I, so I, that, that 100,000 that you put in the safe and leave it there and next year you come for it, it's worth $87,000 right. of purchasing power. Or less, yeah. Maybe less, probably less, but just based on their numbers alone, which are bad enough, but they are greater than that. So putting away gold, as the gold that I had back in 1972, I paid $45 an ounce. I got 20 American gold pieces, $20 gold pieces, cost me $900. That's Those same 20 pieces are worth over $40,000 today. Now, had I just put the $900 in cash in the safe, 50 years ago, I would still have just $900, but taking $900 worth of gold because the dollar has depreciated so fast and so much in the last 50 years, uh, that that same $900 is 40,000 American dollars today. In gold. So what changed? Well, the gold didn't change, but right. the value of the medium exchange, which is the US dollar, that's what changed. Talk to us a little bit about, because I've you know been read, I've been reading a little bit about this and have a, at least a passing knowledge of economics. Talk to us, give us some examples when you're talking to lay people who are not gold savvy about the value of gold and, and what it's connected to. Um, of Like, uh, does a, an ounce of gold or, or, or does 100 acres in 1970 cost X amount of gold and it's the same amount of gold for 100 acres now? How does, are there some physical examples to get away from the dollar where we could talk about how gold has been connected to the market. Sure. So using an ounce of gold, for example, mm -hmm. that uh, 2,000 years ago, the average person could have gone out and gotten a cloak, a pair of sandals, a hat, a walking stick, and be all ready to go, could put be all dressed and ready to go for about the value of an ounce of gold. So fast forward. Like a well-heeled a well gent. Yeah, yeah, you would be you would be the bomb. So fast forward a hundred years ago, say 
the turn of the uh, 20th century, the 1920s, for example. An ounce of gold, you could have walked into any of the New York uh, uh, clothing stores and got a suit of clothes, a top hat, a pair of shoes and socks, and uh, a, a walking stick. The whole works would be about an ounce of gold. Fast forward to today. You take gold at $1,700 an ounce. You could get a suit of clothes, a shirt and tie, a pair of shoes, socks, the whole works. And at some of your finest stores, I don't know, it might be uh, Nordstrom's or Saks Fifth Avenue or so forth, but figure about the an ounce of gold would do the same thing today that it did 100 years ago or it did 2,000 years ago. And I, I remember when I first got in the business, my grandfather, uh, who incidentally turned in his gold in 1933, he had a handful of $20 gold pieces and they he turned those in and he got paper. He didn't actually have to turn those in because American gold pieces weren't part of it, but he thought it was the patriotic thing to do and turn it in. We owe it to ourselves. It's it's uh, for the good of the country. You know, I think he had a good heart, and I won't deny that, but he regretted it the day that he did it. But in 1927, he bought a Model T Ford, brand new. It was $400. And he used $20 gold pieces to pay for it. And fast forward to today, those same 20 $20 gold pieces would buy a brand new Ford again for about $40,000. So what gold does, so what gold does, it, it's not something that you would buy on a, you know, a Wednesday morning and next Monday afternoon, you'd, you'd see the price moved up $50 an ounce and you come in and turn them in and get your, your paper dollars back. No, it's an insurance policy. Like the policy, it's financial disaster insurance. Meaning that if the value of the dollar collapses, and it will, or when it does, you have protection. You have real money. This is the real currency. Gold is currency. It's the hard currency that doesn't lose its value. What it does, it, it ch change is, changes price. Price and value are two different things. Gold is constant value, but the price fluctuates because of the value of the dollar itself. Sure and how it's perceived in the world market, the local market, wherever it might be. Which so, might explain why we have 13% inflation in Phoenix and the rest of the country is about 8%. What, why, what? Well, it, it's, it, it, just, it shows you that in general, inflation is high across the country, but it's especially high here for some uh, some reason. Maybe real estate prices yeah, are so high and, real and various things that people are moving here and there's, you know, greater demand for uh, different goods and services. I know, and you've probably seen this too. Even in the summertime, it was hard to get into a restaurant. Nuts. It was nuts. Yes. And you can't hardly walk into a restaurant. You got to schedule two weeks out now. It's crazy. Do you, do you remember when you could walk in any restaurant any, during the summer, they were happy to see you? Yeah. Everything's and booked now. There were books solid all the way through the summer. And I know some of my favorite restaurants, I said, you know, remember who I am because I'm with you year round. I'm not here. Yeah. You know, once or twice this year. I want to be with you, you know, every month of the year. I don't want to be waiting until I can't get a reservation a day or two beforehand. And I sort of set up those relationships and got on what's called a VIP list in some of the places. And Where, where do you go? Time. What are your favorite restaurants? So I like uh, one over on, because um, I live in the Arcadia area. Okay. I, I like Chelsea's Kitchen. Oh, I love Chelsea's. And I love the Henry. Oh, I love the Henry. Uh, you just named North, a couple of my favorite places. North. Yeah. Uh, for Italian food, I like Tutti Santi. They're over on 16th yeah, Street, I know. north of Glendale. 
Um, I like uh, Steak 44. Yeah, okay. Uh, so we've got some of the great restaurants within about a square mile, within a ra- mile radius of our home and my office, because I don't know if you mentioned uh, Public Monetary Exchange is on 4040 East Camelback, so just east of 40th Street on the north side of Camelback. So we've got some of these places right within walking distance of my home and my office, and yeah. that's a great part of town yeah. to be in, very safe and secure, too, for that matter. Yeah, I like eating down there, that's yeah. for sure. I used to go down to the Henry all the time. The manager there who had been there since it opened, she's been, she was, was Fox restaurants for, I don't know, 25 years. And then she just left about, I don't know, a year and a half ago or so. I was kind of bummed because whenever I went in there, she was like, get your rating. Yeah. yeah that, the, a lot of that stuff's gone away. Th- those relations. Yeah. And you know what? Those kinds of relationships are important. And a lot of that has gone away. Yeah. yeah. You know, it used to be a, you know, I know in Vegas, in New York, Chicago, you could grease somebody's palm with a little cash, and it would uh, you and your uh, business associates could get to get a table. That's all gone away too. It's not well, fair to everybody. Yeah, well, it it still works in a lot of places. But <laughs> like anything else, it's uh you got to grease the grease the wheels if you want them to turn. Yeah, yeah, hilarious. Um, so uh, talk to me uh, as a lay person. Let's say uh, I was. You know, I was talking to some folks and I said, man, I'll tell you what, I wouldn't be holding on to savings or anything right now. I would be buying gold and waiting for the housing market to collapse and uh, do a swap then, use the two of them as like convergent ladders. Tell, tell me a little bit, how does somebody jump into this? How could I, because, you know, I get a paycheck from my company every week. How can I convert some of my life to gold? Well, when when you come into our place of business, Republic Monetary Exchange, if you take all of the years of our staff in the business it's about 250 years experience. I don't consider sitting down with you and talking about gold as a selling process. I mean, ultimately you're either gonna buy gold or you're not, but I consider it to be more of an interview. And I talk to people about what, what are your objectives? Uh, what is your overall strategy? How much of your net worth do you feel that you should put in gold? And I'll get various answers. Well, I don't trust the banks. I don't trust the financial institutions. I don't trust cash. And what do you trust? I only trust gold. Somebody like that, I would say, put a significant amount of your uh, savings in gold, a certain high percentage. Now, I don't consider I don't consider your house to be an investment. Right. That's not part of it. You have to have somebody place to live. So some people do exceptionally well with the purchase and the sale of their home, or if you flip houses, that's another thing. That's an investment. But some people should have as much as eighty percent of their net worth in gold. Others should have where well, you're talking about millions and millions of dollars, maybe only 10 or 15% in gold when they get this. Now, if you don't get it and you think, well, wait a minute, I bought gold last year and it was 18 or $1,900 an ounce and now it's 1700. How did, how did the gold lose its value? Well, it didn't lose value. It stayed the same. The price changed because the dollar in the world market got stronger. Now, what does that mean? It means that the other currencies of the world are getting weaker faster than the dollar. The dollar is still very weak relative to all the goods and services that we buy on a daily basis. So um, if, if you look at the practicality of gold at $1,700 an ounce, the price is really cheap compared to where it's been and where it is right now. I believe that this is probably one of the greatest opportunities to acquire gold considering all the events going on in the world right now 
and the uh, the uh, the amount of the national debt and all of the obligations in the future that the government has probably somewhere in excess of 200 trillion dollars of obligations that are on the books i don't i don't know what you think but when you when you have obligations far exceeding many times uh, the gross domestic pro- uh, product, you got some problems. Yeah, at some point you can't pay back. That, you guys can't keep printing money. People figure it out, and they figured it out throughout history thousands of times, and it, the currency becomes repudiated, becomes worthless. Then they come up with something else, and you had mentioned about digital money before. I think that's somewhat of a goal. I think that's why the Bitcoin and the rest of the digital currencies got so popular that people did not want to be part of that system. The cartel, the insiders, the conspirators, however you want to label them, deep state, they didn't want to be part of that. But I think that those digital currencies today are a uh, are a trap. And I believe at some point those could vaporize right before our eyes. I believe that too. And, and I believe that the government wants to come up with their own digital currency and everybody's going to be trading in it. And if they decide that they want to shut you off, well, they can shut you off. And then you can't buy and sell unless you do as the deep state and the cartel want you to do in the cabal. That it's, it's getting ugly out there. And we've got to save our freedom. We've got to save the republic. And this is the thing that I talk about more than anything. It's, it doesn't matter how much gold you have when this thing comes apart, if, if it comes apart. When we lose our freedom, when they've taken away our freedom of speech and They've taken away our guns and virtually all ways of protecting ourselves, uh, uh, physical safety, uh, spiritual safety, mental safety, actual safety, financial, financial safety, all of yeah, this. Yeah. That if, you, if we're living in a gulag, all the gold in the world is not going to help you. I think it's important right now, at this point in history, that we save the republic. And I've spoken about this many times at uh, various political events. If we don't save the republic, we don't have anything. And I believe that more than just, you know, having scads and scads of gold and silver, get involved in the political arena. It's why I uh, love our, our candidate that's running for governor, Carrie Lake. She is almost a carbon copy of, of Trump. And not because she's saying, well, I'm going to just follow Trump. I think she is this way with or without Trump. Her message although it ties in very close and very tightly with Trump, I think she was this way with or without Trump. And I believe that's why President Trump loves her so much, why he's uh, done three rallies around her. He's, he's never done two for anybody else. Uh, a couple of events at Mar-a-Lago that he put on to, to help fundraise for her. And I think that's probably the greatest race that we have going on in the whole country, and certainly the state, that we've got to get constitutionalists elected people who understand the difference between a republic and a democracy carrie lake gets it and we have got to get people like her elected we've got uh, wendy rogers over in the state senate i think we've got to get her in there uh, uh blake masters for u.s senate abe homiday for uh the attorney general and we've got uh, a, a number of other different candidates that are trump endorsed is fincham is Mark, Mark uh, Yeah, Mark's yeah. a great guy. Yeah, is he uh, Trump endorsed? He is. Yes, yeah. he is. And there's a handful of other uh, candidates that are, that are endorsed by Trump. And, I, of course, having been a, a donor to, to different campaigns, and usually the max of $5,300 a person, 
I get calls from people all over the country and all over the state saying, hey, could you throw some money in my campaign? And the first question I ask is, are you endorsed by Trump? No. Okay, this, this conversation's over. Goodbye. And others have said, well, I'm, I'm hoping to get an endorsement. I said, well, when you get that, come back and see me. So I believe that Trump, at uh, he's gotten 200 people, I think it's right around 200, elected in the primaries throughout the country. And I think there's only four that he missed. That's, what, 90, what is that, 93%? It's a high percentage, yeah. High 93% of the people that he endorsed were elected in the primary. And he's coming at them full speed ahead. President Trump gets this. Like no other president probably in the history of the country, yeah. uh, a couple of them have come close, were um, uh, President Kennedy and uh, President Jackson. And uh, Trump had a had a, a portrait of Jackson in his office because they he he was exactly the same way that Trump was wanted to get rid of central the private Western central banks, uh, and he he loved the gold standard. Trump loves the gold standard. There's just a number of things that he was in unison with those two predecessors of her of his, and of course the the founding fathers and uh, Washington yeah. and Jefferson and the rest of them. They were all constitutionalists because it all happened there. But fast forward 230, 40 years. Uh, Trump and others are following in the footsteps of the founding fathers and exactly what they had planned to do to have a constitutional republic, not a democracy. And we hear that word democracy all the time. Yeah. We're not a democracy and we should not be. That rule of law, res publica, republic, democracy, that's 50% plus one, ruled by mob, a mobocracy, not well, a. The, 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 the founding fathers were neoclassicists. They knew this. They saw Greece and Rome had both fallen from this direct democracy scam. Uh, and uh, the only reason it works in Switzerland is they're a very homogenous people with a work ethic. It's a totally different animal. Well, there's certain laws of economics. If you break them, the results are always the same. And Switzerland seems to be cracking a little bit in that regard. But going back to the fall of the Roman Empire... If you look at the similarities with the corruption in government, and they even mentioned the Senate, how corrupt it was, and how they increased the paper money supply, all of the things that bring a country down, the morality, uh, and we're not going to get into this subject, but they were wanting to kill the unborn babies back then. And of course, you know, the Dem the Democrats are proud to, yeah, let's, let's kill them right up till birth. And some states are even saying, let's even ab abort babies two or three days after they're born. Uh, which, how do we expect God to bless our country when we're ready to murder the babies, unborn babies that were infused with the soul at the moment of conception? And we're going to say, this is just so easy. Let's just, you know, let's, that's a woman's right to choose. And we can't interfere with that. Well, those same people that are saying, don't interfere with a woman's right to choose are the same ones that are saying that if you choose to own a gun, you can't, if we say no. Or the same or ones the environment said, the environment or the uh, the, uh, the the covid death shots that they wanted to you know yeah. stick in our arm all over the place you know what? i've got religious objection to taking the death jab so it doesn't matter you have to take it anyway well i choose not to take it well we choose that you are going to take it well you want to talk about freedom of choice that's got to, got to go across the board right but where they're wrong on that is that it's not your choice to kill somebody else right that's murder right that's the violation of the fourth commandment. Thou shalt not kill. Couldn't be more object. But anyway, let's get let's get off that subject. That's too morbid. <laughs> okay, so obviously a lot of stuff, you know, when you start 
thinking about economics and you've got a life kind of connected to economics, obviously the repercussions of all of these social issues that our country tugs over, you start to weigh out the real effects of the decisions made about them. Uh, Americans for the most part have a tendency to be split away from that. They get their paycheck. It goes auto thing into their bank account. They look at their balance they get their little budget and they kind of do the little thing and they think of everything in unconnected ways. And, uh, if you look at gold, which I think is kind of a pillar of valuation globally, it's a it's a root, if you will. If you are in that universe, everything kind of connects back to the roots. But most people are up in the ecosystem. They don't get all the way back to the roots. So it you start to see, you know, because I'm very much into politics and public policy, you start to see how every little decision, how it kind of trickles down into the machine. And it changes how you think and how you vote. And who you want running the country, for sure. Let's say somebody has kind of gone through these machinations in their head and they decide they want to plug into the gold universe a little bit. How do we actually, what are the, how, if I want to today go buy gold, how do I buy it and how do I get money for it if I want to, tell me a little bit about the process. Well, it's actually a lot simpler than you think. Okay. And we have this question coming up all the time and we're in the business. We market our company through uh, various uh, r radio commercials is pretty much where we get our business and we're online and so forth. And uh, we're listed on Google as a place to buy and sell gold. So it's really pretty simple that uh, somebody in advance may say, you know what, I'm going to get $50,000 worth of gold. And they may go to the bank and get a cashier's check or they may just wire the money into us and say, well, I want to come in. I want you to help me decide what I, I should get because there's a number of different ways to buy gold. You can buy gold bullion coins, which have a value because of its gold price. And then you can have investment-grade gold, which are the pre-1933 gold coins that never made it to the melting pot when Roosevelt confiscated the gold. Or you could get silver coins, silver dollars, silver dimes, quarters and half dollars, or bars, uh, whatever it might be. And every person has their own comfort level as to what they should get. I've had an, everything all over the scale that I want only silver. I don't want any of that gold. I want to be able to have a silver coins that I can barter with if it came to that. And yeah, I've had many situations where somebody said, well, you know, if it all comes apart, I want to be able to take a silver coin and go to say for your fries or whatever it might be and put the coin on the counter and walk away with a chicken and a dozen eggs, whatever it might be in a carton of milk. And I stopped them right there. I said, it's not going to happen that way. You're not going to be able to walk into Safeway or Fry's. The clerk doesn't know a silver dollar from a paper dollar. It will come to the point where you will have to have that value and exchange it back for whatever the medium of exchange is. Right. Dollar bills, whatever it might be, or whatever the future currency is. Exchange it for that medium of exchange and then go to Safeway or Fry's and pick up whatever you're going to get. So, so there's, the, a, there's a get in and a get out. Yeah. So it's, it's what's called a buy-sell spread. There's a price that if you have coins that you or bars that you wanted to sell, you bring them in and we give you a, a price for it based on the current market. At the same point, next person comes in and they want to buy some gold. Well, there's a, a an ask price, almost like an over-the-counter stock, that there's what's called a buy-sell spread, a bid-ask spread, if, if you will. And whatever that ask price is, that's what you would get that particular product at. Each product has a premium relative to the gold price. 
So, for instance, American gold eagles, which are the most popular way to own gold bullion coins, are a little more expensive than, say, the uh, Canadian maple leaf. Both contain an ounce of gold, but the gold American eagle costs a little bit more. It costs a little bit more than a South African Krugerrand or an Australian nugget is also a one-ounce gold coin. Silver is pretty much the same thing. Silver American eagles are the most expensive way to buy silver bullion coins. Uh, some people say, that's all I want to have is American-made coins. I don't care about the premium. I'm going to go ahead and buy them. And the reason is because they're, so, they're still legal tender. Well, they're yeah, it's got a one dollar uh, currency value to it. So theoretically, you a box of those is five hundred pieces. You could say I've got five hundred dollars uh, in silver. Well, actually, you have uh, more like about seventeen and a half thousand dollars in value, but it has a one dollar currency value to it. Okay, and that that's a long story in itself why it's done that way. But I think it's a, it's actually a pretty good idea. Or somebody says, you know, I want to get the most amount of silver, the most amount of gold for the fewest dollars. I don't care if it's uh, if it's the type of gold that could be confiscated later on. I'm just I just want it. Okay, that's that's all fine. It's all it's all the same to us. And others want investment grade gold that says, you know what, I want something that's going to grow in value, not because of its metallic content, but because of its rare coin value. And as time goes on, the rare coins, pre-1933 gold, they're going to disappear completely, and you're not going to be able to get them. They're not making them anymore. Uh, the last ones made were in 1933. Pretty soon we're coming up on 100 years. We're already nearly 90 years since the last gold coin was made in America. Those carry somewhat of a premium over and above the gold price. And if they've been through the grading service, and they've been certified as genuine, then there's even a little bit higher price for those. Personally, I think that's the best way to buy gold is the investment grade. So you get not only the pop in the price of gold, but also because of the rare coin value. And I get people say, well, I'm, I'm not a coin collector. Well, I'm not either. I was a coin collector and I was 10 years old. I've gotten past that. I'm a gold investor. And I want to get the cream of the crop in gold. That's coins. the way I buy cars. I'm only going to sure. buy the absolute best one. I don't want to buy the base model. Well, it's it's like uh, somebody calls you up and says, "You know what? I got this 1959 Ford that I want to get rid of. What would you what, what do you what do you think it's worth?" And you might say, "Oh, maybe thirty, forty thousand dollars." And then you say, "Oh, and by the way, what model is it?" And you say, "Oh, it's a Thunderbird." Well, it's that's a whole different game. Yeah. And it's in pristine condition, mint condition. From yeah, then John got, Kennedy owned it. <laughs> you got two or three hundred thousand dollar car. Right. There. Right. Because there aren't that many of them around. Gold is a lot the same way. If it's if they're just a dime a dozen type of coins or bars, whatever it might be, they're going to have a price relative to the gold price. A coin that is pristine in top-end condition, the mint state is very high, that's going to be a very expensive coin. Now, the, the most co expensive coin I've ever owned was a 1915 Panama Pacific $50 gold piece. There's only 43 coins known to be in the condition of Mint State 65. The, the last uh, coin that traded at auction was in excess of $200,000 for that coin. And I actually think that's a cheap price when you consider there's only been 43 that have graded Mint State 65 or better. Let me ask you a question. So you've got the delta or difference between the actual metallic value and then the collector value right. on top of that. Do you feel like that collector uh, bubble, do you, do you feel like that collector value, that number, whatever it is, 
in a post-apocalyptic or a post-dollar America, do you think that that speculative collector number collapses? No, I think it actually increases because uh, when this, what you're talking about, apocalyptic era, they're probably going to confiscate gold like they did in 1933, which means they'll invoke the the 1917 Trading with the Enemy Act as the reason to do so. And even in 17, when they, as I said earlier, when they confiscated the gold, you were able to keep your $20 gold pieces because it was currency. It was not from a foreign country. Right. There was no risk of it being, of it coming from a, an enemy country. I would prefer those because if they take the gold and they leave them on the table, they're going to be in such high demand that you could see a coin that today might be worth two and a half thousand dollars, easily ten, fifteen thousand dollars. So no matter what, you're going to have the metallic content. Worst case scenario, right? Best case scenario is you can't get them, right? And now it's you just name the price, and that's what they cost. Okay, so uh, let's say let's uh, step away from grownups who have a little more money to invest and younger people who just want to kind of get in on it. Because you got in on it when you were pretty young. Eight, I bought my first gold at 18. So Right. Yeah. So let's talk to some of uh, guys like my employees. There are a lot of guys that are out there that are 20 to 35 years old, don't have a bunch of life savings piled up yet. They're still trying to buy houses and do all that kind of stuff. Uh, someone's got $1,000. How, how do they buy gold with it? With we you? have, well, if it's only $1,000, uh-huh. and, you know, I say only, it's a lot of money to a lot of people. Yeah. Then I think you go with silver. And you have several more pieces of a monetary metal, silver, and that's your best bet. That is what they call the poor man's gold. Now, it's when you have ten dollars or $20,000 or more, then you say, all right, let's mix a little bit of gold with that. Let's get 5000 or 10000 in gold and five or 10000 in silver and mix it up. Then you have a situation where somebody, you know, I, I've got this big safe. I've got uh, uh, a warehouse where I can stick it with a safe door on and so forth. I want to get the best bang for the buck. And because silver relative to gold is uh, is so cheap, what we call the ratio, the gold-silver ratio is around 85 to 1. That's a pretty high number. So that means that gold is overpriced or silver is underpriced or a combination of both. It doesn't matter what it is, but the ratio says you should be getting silver. So I think it's the, probably the best opportunity for the small investor to get silver and get what you can, as much as you can, for the fewest dollars. Uh, somebody that's got significantly more, I would say get get a combination of, an, of in, investment-grade gold, a little bit of bullion gold, meaning the current uh, uh, American Eagles, get some investment-grade silver, silver dollars, and get some silver bars. And then okay. you've got all the bases covered. So how do we do it? How, I mean, what's the, tell me the actual physical mechanism for doing this. Okay. Do I have to come down to your office at 40th Street in Camelback? Yeah. You're, most of our, I'd say 90-some percent of our business is local. We've done national advertising. I believe it's important that you sit down and talk face-to-face with the person you're going to give the money to. Now, we're one of the few companies in the country that you sit down with us with with good funds, meaning you wire the money to us, cashiers check, whatever it might be, cash and under $10,000 is, is the best way to do it because of the reporting requirements. But uh, as you put the money on the table or the, or the transfer the money to our account, 
uh, we have the gold and silver available to give you and you take it with you. And I think that's the most important thing right now is that the idea of taking money out of a financial institution and put it in gold is you decide where that safe place is to put it. And I believe that everybody has that one niche somewhere in their home or office that nobody else knows about and they can hide it or they get a floor safe, they get an upright safe, they somehow secure it so that uh, somebody breaks into your house to steal your TV and they see us, you know, some look around and they find your gold in a not so good hiding place. Well, then they, they really hit pay dirt well, with that. What if I come down with $10,000 in cash? Can I do something with cash? Sure. Yeah. Okay. So over ten thousand, we have to fill out and uh, what's All right, called so nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine dollars. Well, don't get cute because okay. then if it, it becomes a structured transaction right. or cutesy trans, but you know somebody comes in with five six thousand dollars or something like that, that's you know not out of the ordinary transaction. We prefer not to take cash. We prefer a check. We prefer a cashier's check or a wire, so that everything can happen right there. But if not, uh, we can clear the the funds and then uh, you know a week to ten days then get the gold and silver that way. But so they, we want to be but, secure. But they could do cash. No, they can, and then they would have to, over $10,000, you have to fill out an 8300 Okay, all right. And then that goes to the government. And not that there's anything illegal about that, but uh, your business now is no longer private. private. Right, okay. Um, and and so uh, uh, do you, I, you know, I see these little gold, there's little gold strip mall places all over, you know, all over America now. Um, they are they doing some version of what you're doing at a different level? Not a, no, not at all. Okay. They are they're putting out those signs that people are turning in their rings and their uh, gold watches. And if Grandma died, if she had gold fillings, and bring those in and they analyze it, and they give you about half the value of gold. And sometimes somebody inherits some coins and they have no idea, and they take them in, and they get about half the value. All right. So so, so questions. I, I come. Let's say I come down tomorrow with five thousand dollars. Can I buy five thousand dollars for the gold, sure. or is there a fee for that? Well, there's what we talked earlier about about the buy sell spread. There's a selling price that we offer a certain product at, and I show you how that's done. Okay. And then you can analyze. I said, well, that that premium's too high. Or can we walk? Can fair. we walk through an example right now? Sure. So five thousand dollars would get you know say roughly three uh, gold coins. It'd be a little bit more than five thousand dollars. And I would show you the various coins that you can get and how they're priced. And you can determine yourself, yeah, this seems like a good value or it doesn't seem like a good value. Or you may say, you know what? I like those investment grade coins and say they're two and a half thousand dollars or thereabouts. And you maybe get two of the investment grade. And uh, that could be done just as, e just as easy. And you have to analyze that from your own perspective. Yeah. I will explain to you, we'll explain to you, we got a great staff there of uh, experts in the business. It, they'll explain every possible way. And you that's a decision you have to make. You have to find your comfort level and say, yeah, I think I'd want some of those. I want, I'm looking at the long term. And, and as time goes on, the investment grade coins outpace the price of gold, sometimes as much as two to one. Let me uh, let me let me get a little more granular with you because everybody talks gold in these theoretical terms and like a, a kind of obscure investment process. So I I I kind of see my brain's kind of seeing where your brain it goes with it, and where the market seems like it's gone with it. But if somebody actually wants to go do it, and let's say a 
an ounce of gold is trading at fifty. I don't know what's what's the isn't there a daily rate for gold or something like that? Yeah, it, it's constantly changing. It's right now it's just under seventeen hundred dollars an ounce. So let's just say seventeen hundred an ounce per sake of our conversation. Okay. If I want to buy an ounce of gold from you, what does that actually cost me? So if you bought uh, an American gold eagle, you would add about a hundred and eight hundred and seventy dollars over the price of gold. And an American gold eagle is the premium gold. American-made coin. That's a coin that's currently minted by the U.S. Treasury. Uh, they make them year-round, and in January it'll be. Right now, they're dated 2022. In January, the 23s come out, and so forth. So they make as many under law. They they have to make as many as they have demand for, provided they can get the discs to make the coins. And ever since COVID came around a couple of years ago, they've been very slow. <laughs> so they've kind of bypassed that and uh same thing with silver eagles that they have to fill all the orders right now they're not making any more until the end of the year okay. because they can't get the blanks to make the silver eagles so 1700 plus about 180 bucks right mm -hmm. so for about 1880 bucks you can buy 17 dollar coin right okay so and, and then what if i have um one of those coins right now, and I want to go back into you guys and exchange it for, for money. So typically you take the price of gold and add another 25, 30, maybe even more per coin above the price of gold. So that's what go, that's what the bid ask spread is about. So say worst case scenario, you get $25 over the price of gold if you sell and you pay $170 over the price of gold if you're buying. So there's about $150 spread or roughly 9% buy sell spread okay does that make right. sense yeah it's a transactional fee like you, you just if you if you buy and sell a stock today at the same price you you lose money right you, you gotta wait well it's or it's like uh you know bear jackson auctions coming up in a few months in january it'd be like you go out there and there's a you know 55 chevrolet that's coming up and it was a muscle car and something that you want and let's say you're the you're the seller. You put it in the auction and it goes for two hundred thousand dollars. So the seller is going to pay a ten percent seller's fee. So he's going to be uh, he he's going to at at ten percent of two hundred thousand. He's going to get one hundred eighty thousand dollars. The buyer is going to pay a fifteen percent buyer's fee. That puts him at two hundred thirty thousand. So the idea would be the bid ask spread on that car is one hundred eighty thousand dollars. Uh, and the ask is two hundred and thirty thousand. So there's a fifty thousand dollar buy sell spread. That's the cost of doing business. Mm. Gold is just a little bit better than that. So it's nine, you know, about half that. It's about nine percent. Okay. All right. And then of course you wait out over time, and the universe changes, and the price of gold goes to a different number. This becomes less of an issue in the moment. Well, people are doing it as as protection. Right. I I have clients that have that bought gold from me back in 1973 the first year I got in the business and now I'm finding their grandkids are bringing it in because the the grandparents left a note in in the event of my death uh, take it to Jim Clark at Republic Monetary Exchange and exchange and and get he'll handle it for you okay so I've seen a lot of business like that now you could take it to one of these signs these places they flip signs around we buy gold you're gonna get about half the value Let's talk about uh, gold bars. If I go to buy a gold bar from you, does it have the same kind of buy sell spread? Is it the same? It's about the same. Yeah, similar. They're about a hundred and the gold bars are about a hundred and around a hundred dollars plus or minus over the price of gold. 
and you would get back somewhere right around the the spot price, the seventeen hundred, uh, maybe a little bit less. And the spot ounce. price, that's today's actual trading price. It comes that's, out at the beginning of the day or something. Well, it, it's all day long because the prices are changing. Okay. You know, in our market, then it switches over to the overseas market. So it, it's just a, a constant flow. Okay. There's always a market for gold, typically during the week and weekends, nobody's really quoting gold. But um, so other than Saturdays and Sundays, you know, gold is traded 24 hours a day. All right. And uh, you have grandkids? I do. Do you have them doing this? Uh, well, my my, uh, my slip, grandson slip, is only four, so you slip yet. him a gold coin for his birthday. I, I, he's gotten some gold and silver from me. Yes, okay. he has. All yeah, right. yeah. Right. Um, okay. Um, so you you obviously can I let me ask you a personal question. You can tell me to pound sand outside your home, which you don't consider an investment, nor do I. I don't consider a house an investment. Get a little lucky with them, but you got to live someplace, right? Right. Um, how how much are your how much of your retirement do you have put in gold or in, into these gold and silver combo it's, it's of different very, varieties? It's a very high percentage because I understand it. Okay. I Because I, you're comfortable. It's your universe. Yeah, I have two homes, and uh, they're used for something. That's not an, One of them is an investment. The other one's where we just live. I have a very high percentage in it because I don't trust any... I don't trust stocks, so I don't want to be, you know, buying you know, ABC company or XYZ company, whatever it might be. So I have no stocks and I don't have money in a savings account that's paying 2% and then we have 13% inflation. Right. That doesn't make any sense. That doesn't make any sense to have dollars in a savings account that you get 2 or 3% and lose uh, 10 more per year. So I want to have it in something connected. To, I have it in gold. I have the vast majority of my retirement money, my investment money is in gold because I understand it. Yeah. Now, if I were a realtor, I would understand, well, stay away from rental property, stay away from commercial, whatever it might be, and then find the niche that you understand that you can turn it over quick. I can turn gold in my, in, in my own personal uh, investment uh, portfolio real quick. So it's, it's so the it's best very thing for me. It's very liquid for you. Sure it is. I'm in that business. Yeah. Same thing if I find a deal that I like that comes across the table and I want to buy it for myself, all, all the all more power to me. What if somebody's not in the business? Is it still as attractive to them if they learn about it? Well, I have a bigger advantage being in the business, but I look back at the people that bought gold back from me, from me in the 70s that paid $150, $200 an ounce that still have it. Yeah. And now you've got gold at seventeen hundred. I mean, it's a tenfold increase in in the last forty or fifty years, and they pass that on to their kids and grandkids, whatever it might be. Yeah. All I'm trying to do is protect my money, not you know buy gold in the morning and sell it in the afternoon because the price went up. I want to protect the wealth that I've accumulated. That's what gold is. It's it's wealth insurance. So it's not really. Um, it's you know like stocks is very speculative. It's not speculative. It is. It sounds like it's conservative protection. It's the best. I think it's the best possible protection that you can get. I I hope uh, at some point, twenty years down the road, however long I'm I'm last on this this in this miserable life, I hope that that I sell my gold for the same price I paid for it or even less because what it mean, means is that my projection of what is coming that I was wrong and that the dollar survived 
everything in spite of all odds being against it. But I don't think that's going to happen. And I think buying uh, economic disaster insurance is comparable to finding out that you have terminal cancer and you're able to find a company that will issue you life insurance. They won't. But if you found one that would, that you would buy as much as you could for as high a dollar amount as you could, and you wouldn't even care what the premium is because you're going to be dead in a few years. Well, gold is sort of the same way. This dollar is not going to last that many more years. It may be around this year and next year and maybe a little bit beyond. But where we're operating on a $0.03 cent dollar from 1933, that 3% is going to disappear. If 97 is gone, the 3 is going to be gone at some point too. I want to protect what I have as best as I can. And yeah, it would have been good to buy. Uh, people tell me all the time, yeah, I had gold back in the, uh, the 70s and 80s. And yeah, we got rid of it when it was 300. We thought the price was too high. And God, I wish we would have had that gold back and never sold it. Well, it's, it's the dollar that went down. The gold is the same. Right, right. So it's a, a way to have a, a, at least a portion of your solid assets for the future pretty shored up and uh, insulated from the mayhem of politics. It's the, the whole world economic, and this is worldwide. This yeah. isn't just in this country, but every, every country is doing the same thing we are. Because, you know, property and real estate are awesome, but they're also subject to things. They're not mobile and they're not liquid. Well, there are a lot of things. There's property tax on on, yeah. those, on, those, on that dirt that you buy or building that you buy. There's no property tax on gold and silver. You have it, and that's it. End of story. Right. And when you sell it, well, you sell it. And, you know, if you have gains, well, you that's something between you and your tax. It's a free. Plan. It's free. It's, it's, it's the real money. Yeah. Yeah. If, if, if we had an honest government and they weren't in, increasing the paper money supply, there would be no room no point in a business like ours being in being there. Yeah. But the point is it's, it's not that people get this. Let me ask you a couple of questions about the type of customers. Do you have, um, do you have your kind of Armageddon end of days, uh, folks? Is it mostly high net worth folks who are trying to hedge a component of their wealth? What, what, what is it a blend of everything? What, what do everything, you everything you, you never know what the next person that comes into our office is going to do. Um, they could come in and want to spend a million dollars and they've been following it. They've been reading this, that, and the other. They found us with a great reputation or they ref referred to us by somebody and they're trying to protect a million dollars. And we will dissect that and say, what realistically do, are you trying to protect? They said, well, we got $2 million over in the stock market. We got $6 million worth of property, and we got this million dollars sitting in the bank account we want to get, get rid of. That is a no-brainer. You say, put it all in gold right now. And we have the same thing. Somebody come in, you know what? I, I get maybe an extra $500 or $1,000 uh, every paycheck. I want to come in and get some silver every week. We handle that, that customer the same way as we would that's buying the, the million dollars, that every transaction is important to us. And same thing, they, they look at that, that shiny silver, that shiny gold. And uh, everybody has their own uh, buying motive for owning gold and owning silver, and we accommodate all of that. If somebody buys a bunch of gold from you, um, do you guys store it for them? Do you have a storage facility? No, okay, no, so they need not. to take it. They need to take it with them. All right. Fascinating. Um, I'd like to shoot a video where I actually go down and buy gold from you. 
Let's do it. Can we do that? Sure. I think it would be really fun because I think a lot of people like me, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not exactly broke. Um, I, but I haven't gone and done this cause I'm like, ah, it's all this stuff. I don't know about it. And where do I go? I'm not going to go do financial stuff at a strip mall. Uh, ah, Jesus, what a pain in the ass. How do I get my money back? What does this cost? Ah, I don't know. I'd love to do a video where I just go down and you sit down and talk me through getting it and we, we video it because sure. I think people would love to see like actually how to do it. I think it's a, I think it's a great idea and I'd be happy to do that with you sometime. Oh, that'd be great fun. Um, well, fantastic. Um, I'm, I, I, I find the whole thing really fascinating and I also find it sad that it, it seems like such a no brainer to hedge against the currency of my Republic. And, it, it makes me sad. It, it does, but if you could see why you have to. Oh, you know, of course. But, but it does. It's nevertheless. It, it is sad. Makes because, me sad because we are on the verge of losing our republic. Yeah, I, I think so. I I named the company Republic Monetary Exchange because I believe in the republic, and that I want to maintain it. I'm involved in politics with various campaigns, and I have been since 1964, during the very Goldwater Johnson era after President Kennedy was murdered by the same deep state that we've been talking about. And I haven't missed a campaign season since then. I will say from my point of view and my excitement about the governor's race in Arizona and Kerry Lake, that this is the most exciting campaign I've ever been involved in. We have a candidate who I am in tune with, if not a hundred percent, as close to it as you can possibly be. Yeah. She gets this whole thing. She wants to save the Republic for her family. And I feel at my age and, uh, I'm probably, I think I'm, you know, 15 to 20 years older than her. I feel at 68 years old that we, I can comfortably hand the baton off to the next generation and say, it's all yours now that we've done everything that we can. And I have friends of mine that are plus or minus my age that feel the same way. At some point you sort of taper off and you let the next generation take it and you hope that you've mentored them and showed them enough that they can take it over and not only do what we've done to maintain it, but actually maybe turn the corner. Trump had a bunch of successes and failures and I love the guy. And um, I'm hoping he's coming back and I think he's waiting to see if he gets the Senate and the House. Or he's not going to come back and get his head chopped off. But I think his greatest success is going to be this template for Ron DeSantis and Christy Noam and Carrie Lake if okay. she be, gets elected. Because you get all of these people who are for the Republic and for the Constitution. And it will have been the biggest win besides the Supreme Court of the Trump presidency, the Trump era. And I hope it goes on. Yes, and, and you know the thing about Trump is that it, he has this sense he wants to pass this off to the next group, too. He's not, you know, wanting his ego massage because he wants to take front and center all the way for the next 20 or 30 years. He doesn't know how long he's going to be on the planet. None of us do. But he wants to prepare it that it can be handed off to somebody else, whether it's DeSantis whether it's uh, Ted Cruz, who's now, you know, making the rounds around the, the country, and uh, what's the governor of uh, Virginia that's also Evan, Evan I, uh, 
for maybe the presidency. Yeah, the guy that just won there, Youngkin. Youngkin, yeah. yeah, He's going to come around. He's going to do some stumping for Kerry, I think, next week sometime. And he's going to go all over the country. And he's going to want to make a name for himself. Is it Glenn? Is it Glenn Youngkin? Yeah, Yeah. it is. Yeah, he beat out Terry McAuliffe. Thank God. Well, they couldn't cheat fast enough in Virginia. (laughs) That's right. That's it. That's it. And they didn't cheat enough in this in the primary when Kerry won uh, over Robeson. That was crazy. And they're I don't know they must have the same idea for uh, Kerry running against um, Katie, Katie Hobbs. Hobbs. Yeah. That uh, even the county recorder is saying get out there and vote early and and get those ballots in and do this that and the other. And Kerry is saying no wait till the day of election then vote that way they can't cheat or they won't know how much they need to cheat to rig the election as they did in 16. <laughs> yeah. But but Trump is brilliant and I think he truly loves the country. It's about the country. It's not about him. You know, now there's residual effects that you know, it it does massage the ego that you're the president and you've got millions of people that love you and millions of people voted for you in 2020 then millions more in 2020 than than 2016. But the idea is he wants to t- pass this off. And he wants good people there. That's why he's going all over the country and doing these rallies and uh, helping this candidate and that candidate endorsing this this one and that one. He wants the good people to get elected. You know, he's actually, it's funny, uh, you know, usually presidents kind of go silently into the night. Um, we, I think you and I are probably on the same sheet of music about what happened in 2020. And he's like, he's out there changing the course of everything quietly behind the scenes even with the rallies he's changing the course of american history oh, right sure now he is he because gets... he's altering the outcome of all of these races uh by his involvement yes if you look at the rallies that he's doing all over the country he gets you know 30 40 50 000 people out to crazy him. and you get people like biden who he does some kind of an event he doesn't get thousands he gets you know 30 40 or 50 people and yeah. you're going to tell me that he got 81 million votes no, he didn't. He yeah. got 80 million but ballots. Yeah, different. But deal. many of those are fraudulent. Yeah. I mean, let's call it the way that it is. We can't pussyfoot around with this and say, well, you know, yeah, he really won. And anybody that says that he didn't, they're a liar, or they're delusional, whatever the case might be. No, you show me the, the reality. And statistically, it's impossible that he got 81 million votes. No, impossible. He got more than Obama. Or he got impossible, and, and Trump got more the second go around than he did the first, and he still lost. No, I don't think so. Yeah, I know, I know. They're they're, uh, you know, they killed Grandma. Her leg is hanging out from under the curtain, and they're saying there's nothing here to see. Nothing to see. Move along. No, no right? it's bananas. Yeah. Well, um, you sound like a patriot. Uh, appreciate appreciate it having I am you a patriot. Yeah. I, people ask me, said, "Why didn't you?" You know, this is a funny thing. So when I got behind Carrie, and and uh, she actually, I have actually helped her make the decision to run for governor, and she made a decision right there in and in, uh, in my presence. And people ask me, "Well, why don't you run for governor yourself?" And I said, "Well, I said there's a few reasons. One, I'm not going to take a pay cut. Two, I don't want to be a bureaucrat. And three, if Carrie is willing to do it and do what I." Her policy would be almost identical to what mine would be. I'm gonna let her have the job. I don't. I don't want it. I don't want to do that. I want to run from the office of governor. But I will support Carrie, and I have from day one. I'll continue to do so. And uh, maybe you've heard some of my commercials on five different radio stations that I run every day, in support of of Carrie and identifying the flaws of her opponent, whether that was Karen Taylor Robeson in the beginning, 
are now Katie Hobbs. And every week I change my message. And I am just, I am just so fired up about this campaign. And if she's willing to do it, by God, let her have it. It's all yours. Yeah. I hope, you know, there's stuff that's going on in Arizona and, um, you know, we have several mining projects that have been basically parked for decades because of the EPA. Um, that would be awesome for Arizona, so good for our national defense, for battery manufacturing. You know, Arizona is such a mineral-rich mining state, and they've basically they've they've castrated our our state's economy uh, because of the EPA and the federal government. And it's not actually about clean water; it, it's not about clean air. It's about them having the power to analyze and approve our projects. And I'm hoping she goes in and says, yeah, they don't have authority over that anymore. Green light some projects because um, I think it's our national security that we can't make stuff for uh, circuitry and things that go in fighter jets and missile technology. We have to import the stuff from China because we can't get a permit because the FD, uh, the EPA won't, won't green light projects here in Arizona because they basically have parked all mining projects. I hope she at some point, and I've talked to her about it, I was like, Carrie, I think it would be the baller move of all time. Force them to stop us from doing business. Well, you know, what nobody has realized, and virtually no governor of the state of Arizona has realized, is that how much power the governor actually has. Yeah, it's huge. And I think Carrie is going to is going to wield that power like we've never seen. Now, I don't mean like a dictator. I mean like saying, let's bring these companies in. Let's let's uh, bring in more manufacturing. Let's create more jobs. Let's have more made in the USA uh, materials and whatever that might be. And I think this is going to be. She's going to turn Arizona into a magnet to draw industry that doesn't want to come in that wants to come in. Because they're being taxed to death in places like California, New York, and Michigan, and other places where you've got very, very high taxes. Even even Colorado, a neighboring state, and they're gonna you're gonna find more companies are moving here, and our economy, I believe, is going to explode, while the rest of the country is is flat or going down. I hope so. I talked to her about it uh, every time that I get a chance to have a one on one with her. I talked to her last week about it, and and I'm I'm obsessed with. Greenlining projects that have been parked because of federal oversight in this state. It, yes. it, it amounts to billions of dollars and thousands of residents, not just in Phoenix and Scottsdale, people out in Globe, in Superior, in uh, all these different places out in Arizona, which are not wealthy. They are, they're, 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 you know, they're on the lower end of the income spectrum. Yes, but when, when Trump was in office, these, all these little cities, they blossomed. The people wanted to be in Arizona because they felt a sense of more freedom uh, because of of Trump. Yeah. But because Arizona has traditionally been a red state and you could trust it to be a red state. Some are saying, well, it's purple because you got two Democrat senators in there. No, I don't think that means anything. I believe that Mark Kelly is going to be going pretty soon and Blake Masters is going to take him out. But can you imagine when you have a governor that is uh, very much pro-industry, pro-American, uh, that believes what the purpose of a republic is. Yeah, She wants to finish the wall uh, along the border. Yeah, She's already said that uh, as soon as she's sworn in, the first order of business will be to declare an invasion. invasion at the border. 
I mean, you don't think that that's gutsy? I don't. I just don't know why anybody hasn't done it yet. It seems like there's almost no cost. Why hasn't Greg Abbott done it in Texas? I know. I don't understand either. Well, I believe that Carrie said that she would do that. That's one of her campaign pledges that that's what she's going to do. And I believe at uh, 12.05 on Inauguration Day, I think she's going to sign that. And we're going to have a declaration of invasion. Do you realize the rippling effect that'll have throughout the, the other bordering states and indeed throughout the country? Perhaps the whole world that wait a minute, where did, where did this come from? Yeah, how did somebody get so gutsy as as uh, what Governor Lake? So technically, just done. so technically, what happens when they declare a uh, invasion? It now gives us the ability to circumvent federal constraints on how we enforce border law. Is that right? Well, and we have the border patrol all there already, and if that means bringing in the National Guard to back up the border patrol. It'll all happen. And then taking all the loose equipment that's just lying on the ground, rusting away, we're going to put that to use. She wants to put that to use and and build the rest of the wall. Yeah. It's not that difficult. This right. is not This is not rocket science to figure this out. You do all these things, and you're going to secure the border, at least in Arizona. And you've got uh, Newsom in California that, you know, just let them in, let them in. And you got uh, New Mexico that's kind of a blue state. You know, they're not, it's not really a place where they come through, but but certainly through El Paso and various parts of Texas that they're sneaking in. But Arizona is where the, the biggest gap is, is. And if nothing else, if nothing else, Kerry wants to shut down all the fentanyl coming into the, yeah. into, through Arizona. Well, fentanyl, sex trafficking, the, all of, all of the, the, you know, they're saying eight out of 10 women who come across the border have been sexually assaulted along the way. Sure they how can. How can they be letting that happen? And how many children have disappeared? Uh, well, and, and are sold. Sold to the pedophile ne network? Yeah, and crazy. Where crazy. are they going? Where are all these kids going? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Well, there's a lot of evil out there and she's got her eye on it. Trump, Trump figured this out too. Yeah. Yeah, it's all you have to do is want to look. And most people want to wear blinders. Yeah. And just want about their, you know, the Joe six pack that, you know, goes and works his head off all week long just so he can make a house payment and, you know, buy his beer and watch television at night. Those are the sleepers. Those are people that will never wake up. There's only going to be a small percentage of us, of the patriots, that have been awake for a long time. That's how we're going to win this. The Revolutionary War was one with a very small percentage of patriots that said... 3%, right? 3%, yeah. yeah. But Everybody about, else wanted to be British. Yeah, but you know what? About 5%, I believe, of the American people are awake, and they're ready to defend their republic, whatever that takes. And I think the deep state, uh, the cabal and the conspirators, all of those enemies of the country are shaking in their boots. I think it's they are in, in full panic mode knowing that the gig is up. I think so too. And I think what scared them about January 6th was not what happened, but what could have happened. Well, it's, it's just that they, they, they want to put the emphasis on Trump, that this is something that you did. We're going to indict you for you. We're going to uh, arrest you. Can, We're going to lock you up for what, and, and nothing really happened. And you know what they're forgetting? That Trump offered to send 10 to 20,000 National Guard troops to the Capitol. He suggested it, yeah, yeah. And he can't do that on his own. That right. has to come from the Speaker of the House, who's in charge of the police force. She turned it down. The mayor of Washington, D.C., turned down his offer. And unless they accept it, 
he cannot just order the troops in there. Right. He doesn't have that power. Can you imagine, and this is why I, I, I just think they're a bunch of dirty, rotten liars. Can you imagine if he'd have said, burn it to the ground? Well, I think if we were to have Biden in there at the time, he would have said, burn it to the ground. If it was, if the roles were reversed. If he said, no, get over there. His speech was get over and peacefully demonstrate over at the Capitol, not burn the place down. Right. You know, not but come can out can you shooting. imagine if he'd said that? That's what scares them. What scares them is the people who support him are not like their folks who are going no. to scream around with pink hats. Well, they're not the ones that were burning down, uh, you know, states Churches. of Oregon and yeah. burning down uh, places in Washington, the state of Washington. Police stations, during, during courthouses. The, yeah. During this summer of love where they had billions of dollars <laughs> worth of damage and then even commandeered an area in uh, I don't Seattle. Know, Seattle, I think it was. Chaz. Yeah, they called it their own little country and you can't come in without this, that, and the other. I mean, the Trump people aren't doing that. No. It's, no. it's the, the deep state's soldiers, the Antifa, uh, that group, and all the others that, uh, uh, that George Soros funds. They're the ones that are dropping, uh, dressing up with MAGA hats and MAGA gear and running around with the flags and uh, pretending they're Trump supporters. That's, these are deep state people that are hired, they're given. You, you, you can see the ads on Craigslist. We need people to gather in Washington, D.C. on such and such a day to do some demonstrating and maybe do a little bit of whatever it might be, and then they, they find pallets of bricks on the sidewalk. They're throwing bricks through windows and doing all kinds of damage. These aren't Trump people. These right. aren't the patriots. No, they're no, not these, burning are, their these are anarchists. Down. They're anarchists, yeah, yes. Yeah. Ah, well, um, we will follow <laughs> up with you and talk with you about doing going and doing a show with yeah. you uh, where we where I come buy some gold. Okay, you do that. Yeah, we'll we'll give you some samples. Well, we're not give you. We'll show you some samples of of the various ways of investing. Like, he's going to give me samples. Fantastic, <laughs> um, Jim. Thanks so much for coming in from uh, Republic Monetary Exchange. You've been in business a long time, done well for yourself, and kudos to you. Thanks for spending a few moments with us. All right, sports fans, that's the show. Listen, um, maybe uh, stick around after you watch this show. We're going to put up put something together in the next few weeks. I'm going to go down and buy some gold and silver. You can kind of see the process. And then um, maybe uh, you can do this online with Jim through his company. Are, are people able to do this with you if, if they're not um, here in Phoenix? Yeah, they can uh, go online, rmegold.com, and they can see, uh, they can contact us, email, or call us. We ship all over the country. We do this all the time. Okay. And it's it's a very simple process and, and liquidating your gold and silver. It's just the same thing in reverse. One of the easiest things you could possibly do with our country, I'm, with our company. I'm not saying that with everybody. Yeah. We're one of the few companies that offer immediate delivery. Uh, when you pay for your gold and silver or if you sell it, we offer you immediate payment. Awesome. Well, so uh, th this way, next time we're at a knife show, you can say, hey, Greg, I, I, I used uh, Republic Monetary Exchange to go get some gold. How much gold do you have now? What do you, what, what's the latest thing you got? We could talk gold a little bit. Whenever I'm in New York, all of my, uh, all of my knife buying Jews show up and they tell me about all of their uh, gold exploits. And I'm always, I feel like such a piker from out in the provinces because I don't have gold. So I'm going to get some gold so that when they come talk to me, I kind of uh, have at least something to hang with. Yeah, we're going to take care of that real quick. Yeah. <laughs> okay, good. All right. All right. All right, you guys, that's the show. Greg Medford for the Greg Medford Show. Check us out on iTunes, Spotify, and Rumble. I'm out.